welcome to Journey into an Unknown World. I've been doing this show for a long time, trying to find some strange and unusual things to share with you. Sometimes I take an ordinary subject and kind of give you another point of view, but today I thought I'd like to do something with the number seven. From a spiritual, psychic point of view, everyone will tell you that seven is a karmic number that seven is important. So I thought I'd give a new angle on the number seven. Some of you who know me have studied with me over years and know that I have written the book that was published called The Way to Oneness, which was published in Germany under this same title of the show, Journey into an Unknown World. And recently I've been rewriting the book because we're going to build a study course around it. So actually if you're interested in studying with me, keep a lookout for Sumaris Education Center because we are going to build a lot of courses that will be available for you to do online, do in your own time and learn as much as you can. But today what I'd like to talk about is where this seven came from. As many of you know, I am a channel medium and have been since I was born, though I didn't learn to talk till I was apparently a year. And so by the time I was three, I was really able to channel messages from the oneness to people that came into my life. I had spirit guides in my head. And so I had my own personal supply of teachers. So when I came to write the book, The Way to Oneness, Journey into an Unknown World, I was able to sit down and get all this information that I'm about to share with you. Now, if you're a Christian, you already know about archangels. And you already probably know that there were seven archangels who supposedly acted upon God's commands to create the world that we know that we live in. In different religions, they've been given different names. And in different philosophy and theology, from Egyptians to even ancient Arcadian, going back in time, there's always been some talk about angels. And of course, everybody is trying to guess who they are. So what I'm going to share with you today is what I channeled for this book a long time ago. And I'm going to tell you what these angels do, and I'm also going to tell you how they can test us. So the first angel that I want to talk about that I'm sure everyone absolutely knows without a shadow of doubt, and I've actually got my book in front of me here, so I'm going to tell you, the very first one that we all knew about when I was a child anyway was Raphael. Raphael is in his own way a king, if you like, amongst the angels. His energy was the first energy to use the vibration in understanding of wisdom of what we term the soul. But what I actually learned later was that in the time of the archangels, long before we were humans and on this planet, the archangels created 
from themselves in separation a soul group and each soul group separated and separated until we became fragments so right now you may feel you have a physical or spiritual identity in harmony with Raphael you might feel like you're a king and that you're using your wisdom from your soul vibration to take the lead and using those inborn insights and wisdom that you seem to have find yourself often in a situation where you're leading the way that you're powerful and that you're responsible in some way for people around you this is a lower everyday kind of reflection of Raphael the second Archangel that you might have heard of, of course, is Michael. Michael is not like Raphael, who's a king. He's more like a warrior. So his archetype is that of one who has a natural ability through instinct to push self, drive with desire and passion to challenge and explore in some way that brings insight and wisdom to self. So, okay, if you're on the earth now, uh, which of course you are, you're listening to me, uh, and uh, you feel a harmony with Michael, then what you're actually saying is that you're learning to listen to your instinct and give yourself every opportunity to challenge yourself against obstacles. And, of course, we've just been through the Piscean Age, so lots of people have been looking at Michael and wanting to have him in some form save us. But the bottom line is, Michael, as the warrior, puts up the passion and the power to go out and fight, to stand alone, to stand in control and do whatever you need to do, as long as you listen to your instinct and the vibration of the soul. Now, the next archangel that many of you have heard of, of course, is Gabriel. And if we go back in Christianity, Gabriel was the one who announced that Mary was going to have this baby that the world was going to know about. Gabriel goes back through more centuries back in time because Gabriel was very active a long time ago. So it was recorded in the Bible and other Jewish text and even the Sumerians who named him differently but uh, what his energy was was like the priest the high priest so anyone who was in a position of religious embellishment of the times to make people think about God would develop some energy from Gabriel's vibration so that they could serve mankind to get higher ideals about how to live in this world, being sure to get other worldly consciousness from other dynamics. So in other words, interested in aliens and the stars and the universe. So when we look back at the Mayan and the Egyptian philosophy and theology, it was all about ascension, trying to get to heaven. Where did we get that idea that we needed to go away from Earth to get to heaven? Well, it's a vibration of more than is and has been seen, something further. So Gabriel's 
inside is from the soul vibration. Gable's insight is to go beyond our limits, our boundaries, into the unknown uh, and challenge self with the help of Michael the warrior and with the instincts of Raphael to try and find the wisdom of our search. So those three everybody's very familiar with. Even older in action on the earth is Barakil. Barakil is more like the slave. He served the other three that I've just mentioned in different ways, but serving was not to be enslaved, but rather to integrate his vibration with the other three. So what he tries to do is to help everything to be seen as part of the whole. In other words, if you see a jigsaw puzzle, there's lots of pieces, but how do you put them all together? Someone has to start one or two, and okay, we get a idea by that vision of two or three pieces fitting together, and we start to know where we are in the puzzle. So Barakil's energy in the vibration of the slave was to serve God and these three other archangels to try and make things come together, meaning form. And of course, this is way, way before form was manifested on earth. Now, the next archangel is very interesting because it's his time. And I don't seem to see many people quoting his name and they're using other names like Uriel and so on, but his real name that I know and have worked with all my life is Haniel. Haniel is like the sage. He collects all the information and puts it together in a form that shows we can have good judgment and shrewd understanding of what's happening to us so that we can express ourselves in practical ways. So here we are now in the Aquarian age, which is his period in time, to help us stop to think, who are we? What's our spirit about? Why are we here? And what are we going to do to unify mankind on this planet? And of course, right now we're looking at rampant judgment and scattered consciousness all over the planet. And we need that. We need to be very negative in order to realize, hey, it hurts us, it doesn't do us any good. And then over hundreds of years, Haniel will inspire us from the soul vibration to start to unify and realize that we've been very destructive. Now, the next archangel is Faniel. Faniel is the mother and father figure of creativity. He represents the, in the beginning was the word and the vibration and God created the earth and the heavens in seven days. And here's that number again, seven. And, and so Faniel has been right on the ground, as it were, working with the other angels to remind them that they mustn't lose sight of their creative ability and create something that's destructive. His job was to keep the balance between what is good and what is bad. And of course, while Haniel is trying to teach people don't judge, Faniel is trying to inspire everyone to find the best of themselves. So 
right now the influence from Faneuil under Haniel is be creative. Whether you're writing, playing music, designing a bust of somebody, it's important that we express that creative self because that's a mirror image of God. So Faneuil is kind of subtle now for us, but once upon a time, so, so long ago, when God was creating forms in many dynamics that we can't even begin to imagine, Faneuil was very active, very active in helping everyone to develop their creativity wherever they were in any dynamic, as I said. Now, the next archangel you may be shocked at, but I have to tell you that that is Zaphiel. You may think of him as the devil, as Lucifer, but I want to point out that these names were only made a uh, hundred years or so ago from books that people wrote. Before that, people were talking about imps and devils. And so what we're actually talking about is the negative side of the creative self. And I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But Zaphiel, in the oneness consciousness, was the first created by God and therefore was the first leader amongst the archangels. And so his job was to serve God by observing everything that was created and also having the ability to continue God's plan of creativity. So Zaphiel was very much in charge of watching out to see that the other six angels all harmonized and created form, which is what Zaphiel was mostly known for in the beginning, and that that form was usable, productive, and serving God in some way. And somewhere along the line, Zaphiel got out of control, so the Bible says, and was cast from heaven. Well, in actual fact, that is mankind's consciousness. What happened was Zaphiel was overloaded with responsibility for everything that was created, but never gave up. And even today, he's still an amazing light. Now, having given you the seven archangels, I now want you to know that they do not only have all the light and beauty that we're used to thinking about, but they also have the other end of the scale, which is all the dark and morbid side that we can imagine. So I want you just to think of yourself for a minute as though you are uh, an angel right now, sitting at your desk or sofa or whatever. You have a choice. You can be as night as pie to anyone in the house, or you can blow up and be angry. And you take that characteristic uh, opportunity to express yourself for some reason you justify, explain, and so on to whoever would listen. Well, in the same way, the archangels had the power to climb out of darkness, to have their tantrum moments, to get in one another's way, and to knock on the walls of God, as it were, and say, hey, look at me, I need attention and support versus I am the reflection of God and I resonate that light. And if you're a history buff, you might find that you can read textbooks from around the world where these seven have been named 
as great spiritual leaders and also as devils such as Balzibab. I'm not going to go into all of those right now because I don't think it's necessary. I think we need to stay in the light. We've got too much revolution going on in the world to start worrying about the negative side. However, I do want you to know that if you are positive in yourself, no matter how negative other people are are around you, carrying on in some way, you're receiving direct light from these seven archangels because these seven archangels interact. They're part of one and the whole, as it were, of the creation that is God and they are still connected to you and you right now are a fragment of one of those archangels. Myself, I come under the vibration of the warrior. So I was created in the time of Michael's energy in the very beginning of creation. So I'm coded with, I have to try and keep doing something that will in some way drive myself and other people to meet their challenges and explore the strange and the unusual. So here I am doing the show. Now, you may have questions about angels and there are uh, other people who spent a lot of time writing about angels. In fact, I was looking at somebody's book recently and there were so many angels in it, I was like, well, I've never even heard of all these angels. Now, the bottom line is it doesn't matter if you've heard of them or not. Whatever someone's channeled about these angels, it's their point of view and it might be insightful. But truly, in the way of the oneness, by the time we get to this ascension level of awareness with angels, they're really very, very different from the way we perceive them now. So imagine you are an angel and you have to come down on earth, uh, kind of like the movie that was called Michael, you have to come down on earth and learn to fit in with our society. Well, coming from this strange energy space where you don't have any dynamics, to being on earth would be a great hardship. So I want you to understand as you listen to this and what I tell you that everything comes in stages, evolution, even in the spirit world. So the next thing I want to talk about is form. If you would like to know more and you'd like to get a copy of my book, The Way to Oneness, uh, I will have it available soon for people to download. I am intending to build a big course around this. So if you want to talk to me, email me, drmargaretrvc at gmail, and I'll respond to you. Now, the next interesting part that these seven archangels did was they subdivided and subdivided themselves over eons of time causing the original vibration of each archangel to be fragmented. During that evolution there was formed the seven planes of evolution. These seven planes uh, are very deep and very informative, but I can't spend all that time talking about it now. But I will say that the Earth is the middle. It's like imagine the scales, two pans left and right that you weigh gold on. When the pans are parallel and the same height, the scales are still and you don't see anything happening. 
but if you put some gold in one pan there's a tipping and there's a difference so I want you to know that with the earth being in the middle everything from the negative in the lower planes to the highest vibration of oneness in God is pulled into the earth and into our dynamics and our way of evolution so in the lowest part of the universal consciousness of the oneness the first plane is a very inactive plane in that it's very dense energy it's like being under the ocean thousands of feet down and not knowing anything about swimming on top of the ocean where there's no pressure so this inactive area is where form first moves by energy, friction, light, and so on, causing something to manifest. Whatever is in the lowest form on that plane is in the lowest level of that plane. Now in that plane there are seven levels that each fragmented, dark, creative part of the oneness must journey through. And once it radiates through those seven planes, it has consciousness of itself and existence in a form. That form could be anything from looking like a snake to a, a snowflake. And there we might call it the lower underworld, as the Greeks did, or Hades, or we might call it the lower astral in modern times. In that plane, there are seven levels again and every individual created being, whatever it is, must pass through those seven levels. And of course, once we get to that level of consciousness that we are in our own way, we start to try to want to evolve. And when we start to try to want to evolve, we begin to be aware that we are of the essence of spirit and of God. And we must move then through the lower astral. The lower astral is all the negative things that you can possibly think of and much more that you could never think of. And there are seven planes there. So are you following me? Now, in creation, you have journeyed through three planes, seven levels, that's 21 levels of life form in growth from nothing to negativity you have worked through until now you get to the earth and when you get to the earth here you start to say to yourself well why am I informed what am I doing now it's hard to think of the earth as having seven levels so I'm going to kind of put it into a way that you can think about imagine you're born in the Amazon and you're a pygmy and you've never seen anything but the woods and the trees and the berries and it's pretty easy to survive there because all you have to do is kill your dinner and eat it. To someone in Russia who's now designing some modern spacecraft that's going to go to Mars, we had to go through growth structures. And if you look at the Earth, you'll see that there are levels of awareness right across the board in different parts of the world particularly Africa, you can really see many levels of education and still people living as though they lived 
2,000 or 5,000 years ago. So it's up to you to do a little bit of research, but you can actually see the seven planes on this level of awareness on Earth. And when we see it, we could be living different types of lifestyles. But somewhere through those seven levels of awareness, we move into a spiritual consciousness. And when we do, then we begin to realize that we're evolving, that there's something more, that we are pulled towards the light and God. So from there, we start to live in the upper astral and start to learn about our awareness in surrender and sharing with other fragments. Now, we can incarnate back and forward on Earth between the lower and upper astral, but ultimately, when we've learned to balance these three planes from the lower to the upper astral, we will then not want to be on Earth anymore. We're done with Earth, and who knows how Earth will be by then. Maybe we'll all be extinct. But by then, we will have moved into the next plane above that, which is where our spirit guides and brotherhood, white brotherhood, and all these things that people talk about, it's where they reside. They're now in different planes of evolution of consciousness. Some are still tied to the earth, others are not. They're more attuning to the higher ascended aspects of the archangels and the angelic beings and the cherubims and so on. And there are seven levels there that these spirit guides, guardian angels must go through where they're basically erasing their ID and amalgamating their energy. In other words, they're all becoming one deity in time as time goes on. So they're working towards sharing and becoming more a part of God. And once they've gone through those seven levels, then they're back up with the archangels. Now they're in seven levels that are the lower God self. Those have to be worked through. The unity of fragmentation is absorbed and lost. They're becoming one with God and given transportation, as it were, whatever you want to call it, through those seven levels. They're back in the beginning of God's heart, soul, whatever it needs to be, where God will once again say, now I am whole, I will begin another form of creation. And who knows where that will take us. So that's where seven originated from in the oneness, through the God separating and subdivising into these aspects of the angels, the archangels, who then subdivided and brought more angels and cherubims and so on, who then subdivided and created more forms, who then created more planets and so on, until we are here on this earth. It's kind of mind-blowing, isn't it? If you'd like a copy of The Way to Oneness, I'm not sure if I'm going to call it Journey into an Unknown World, The Way to Oneness, or the other way around, but whatever it is, if you'd like a copy of this as an ebook, I will have it available soon. So write to me, Dr. Margaret, RVC at Gmail, and I'll let you know how I can give it to you, send it to you in a way that you can study, and we will be developing a whole course around this. So watch out for Sumaris Education Center where you will be able to do online work. Now another thing that we now hear on Earth 
and have for eons of time been hearing it is that people like to brag that they are the seventh son of the seventh son and so on. So what are we looking at? Seven times seven is 49. And if you look um, at the seven levels within the seven planes, you've got 49 levels you've got to pass through. And of course the 50th one is your God again. So by then you wouldn't care about <laughs> the 49 levels. There were movies made back in the 50s, I believe, where people were talking about 39 steps because those steps were symbolic of where we've come from to where we're at right now. And so generally, we've evolved, if as it were, in different ways at different times through reincarnation and different forms and the unity and bonding with animals and plants and trees and all sorts of things that we've finally come to around 39 levels we've passed through. So we've only got 10 to go. How long it's going to take us? Eons of time? Well, it's not really written in cement or sand or anything anywhere because by then we might not even be on this planet. So have I been blowing your mind today? Have I given you something so new and dynamic to think about when you go to church? Have I given you something to question your own existence? I hope so. Because religion doesn't give us all the answers. Nor does philosophy or theology. There's a lot of things that we're in doubt about and we wonder about. So now you know why seven is important. Seven is considered a karmic number. So seven means I'm destined to go through this experience in this life. And when I hopefully leave here, I'll be a little bit higher in my grade in the oneness, as it were, and I'll be moving up to a new level. Within our lifestyle, there is a gradient that we go through. We start out with not knowing anything, and by the time we die, we feel we're full of wisdom. In a sense, if you look back through your life, you'll see stages of evolution that you've been through. And hopefully by the time you pass over to the spirit world, you will be able to look and see the seven levels of the reflection of the energy that I've talked about from the seven archangels right in your lifestyle, right in you, right in the way you think and feel. So that by the time you process this whole life, you'll feel oneness, you'll feel unity with the spirit world and know without a shadow of doubts of any course that you've completed this life and the things that you wanted to learn. If you'd like to know what your archetype is, whether you're under the vibration of which angel and what you're learning with your spirit guides and so on, I can do you a soul reading. I can tell you how old your spirit self is. I can tell you why you've incarnated on this earth and I can give you a lot of insight as to direction and purpose in this life. So if you'd like a reading, please go to my website, which is www.sumariscenter.com. That's S for sugar, U-M for mother, A-R-I-S for sugar again, C-E-N-T-E-R.com, sumariscenter.com. 
and let me help you. Let me help you understand how important your spiritual awareness is. If you've got any other questions, please write to me, Dr. Margaret RVC at gmail.com or you can connect to me through the website. Whatever you need, don't be afraid to contact me, okay? So until we meet again, thank you once again for listening to my show and please do share this program and any other of the programs with anyone you believe needs help. My whole point of this show is to help as many people as I can. In case you're wondering, I do have to pay and I do have to struggle to find the money to pay for this show. So, if you feel like being a donator to support me doing this show, I would appreciate that. Again, you can contact me through my Gmail and let me know. If you know someone else that might be interested in helping me pay with the finances of this show, I'd love to hear from them too. So please spread the word and of course help anyone anywhere in the world to feel happy. Blessings to you until we meet again. Now, the next Archangel is Faniel. Faniel is the mother and father figure of creativity 